Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. You great buffoon, Tammuz! You great pig! Your mother, she was a goat! Aludra, Chapter 27, The Great Hunt. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Brilliantly done! Oh, thank you. You're quote reading. So good. So good. Tammuz. Tammuz, you great How buffoon. dare you. Today we are going through chapters 25 through 28 of The Great Hunt, and we are starting off in Kyrene. Welcome. I'm really excited about this chapter. You know... I'm, I'm just, I'm settling in. Just take it away, Tracy. And it's such a perfect follow-up to last week being our episode on Kyrian to have the perfect chapter to link it to. So we have Rand and his escort of soldiers who now feel more and more like like they're guards. Yeah, yeah. Like he stopped feeling as though they're like just with him and now they're looking out for his actions and whatnot. And people have been looking at that chest that Loyal's carrying and Rand's happy that they have arrived in Kyrian because, you know, now you can kind of split away from this. But of course... Walking into a place of Kyrian is like walking into a den of vipers. Absolutely. There are several descriptions of the architecture of Kyrian in this chapter. Do we want to like kind of talk about that at all? Or do you feel like we hit like the majority of the points that we would want to in our last episode? We've rounded it out pretty well in that Kyrian Westlands 101 episode. It's all in a grid square pattern everything except for the The four gate and i love the four gate it sounds like a place i would want to hang out in even though it also sounds like dirty and slightly dangerous but maybe that's also the appeal to it (laughs) right it sounds like where all the fun is happening i'm i know that we have barthanis cast for season two exciting I'm very hopeful that that means we will be in Kyrian. I have a feeling if we get a scene with him, it'll be like in a manner, like yes. perhaps in yes. his manner in Kyrian. Mm-hmm. But man, I just really think the Foregate would be like such a fun introduction to the city because to understand how tight laced the nobles are, yes. you have to see it in comparison with the foregate yeah so it's like hawking their wares and it's very vibrant and colorful and yeah very bright and then once you get inside the city walls it's like kind of I think I wrote down that it's like a reverse Wizard of Oz moment like (laughs) (laughs) instead of it being like you go from the dourness of the 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 prairies of Kansas or whatever to like yeah. the bright wizard of Oz land, whatever it is. And yes. then in 
this situation, it's totally flipped and it does feel almost shocking. Like that hard yeah. line of a divide between the way people behave. And so Tevlin, who is the head of this escort slash guard for Rand and Hearn and Loyal, he mutters about how like the people in the foregate shouldn't be there. And Rand's like, where should they be? Because to him, yeah. this looks great. They're having a good time. Like, where else should they be? They're living their lives. And her, and I believe, is the one who explains that these are all farmers or used to be farmers. And now no one is farming out close to the spine of the world that the Aiel came over. They're all still nervous. 20 years later, about another Aiel attack, understandably so, but it's making it so that Kyrian does not have its own food production. So that's why there are like all these barges bringing in food to Kyrian is because their farmers are partying in the foregate. I don't blame them. I want to go there too. <laughs> you know? It's showing just how much this attack on uh, Kyrian 20 years ago has affected it and. This is also why Galdrian, the king, yeah. stopped fixing the topless towers. Yeah. They don't have any income really coming in anymore. No, so. and everything that they have, they're throwing at the peasants to behave themselves, which, historically smart. speaking, is smart. Yes. You don't want those four gators rebelling against you and coming at you. You don't need a peasant war. No, yeah. I mean, we've... History. History tells us what peasant wars are like. So Galdrian is doing the best he can, I guess. But Loyal, Loyal comments and is like, Elder Hamon says King Galdrian is a disgrace. And then he's like, did anyone hear me say that? It's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Loyal is so cute. Oh, it's so adorable. It really is. So we get this little bit of information about why the foregate is there we see theaters and taverns and rickety buildings, and then we get to the gates, and they are, surprise, surprise, square, and the walls are very tall and boring. And as you had mentioned, the towers have the scaffolding on it because they're no longer working on it. So to me, that makes it feel kind of like, I don't want to say shabby, but that's kind of how it feels yeah. in the same way. Like they're trying to hold up a pretense of greatness and they're teetering real hard here. So a lot is actually being told about Kyrian as a situation just in these first few pages. So the guard at the at the station comes out. He wants Rand's name. Actually, the captain of the guard gives Rand's name and house, which I always think is funny. Rand of House Althor and Andor. I mean, can if I were Rand, I'd just be like, do I stop them? Do I let them keep going? Do I try once again to tell everyone I'm a shepherd? Well, I mean, he's he's not doing great. He needs a place to stay and he's like, I want how about out here? I want to stay somewhere in the foregate. And everyone's like, what? I think someone like coughs, like <laughs> Hurin. Yeah, he's like, yeah, my every... lord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scandalized. Yeah, 
So he's like, I mean, okay, I guess we're we'll go into the city. I mean, and it's yeah, it's just like oh, Rand. Yeah, yeah. So they do end up going into the city. He asks about Celine before he he leaves from the guard station because of course she's still fogged up yeah she's gone she's still fogged up his brain and he's got her note in his pocket and whatnot but no one has seen or heard from her her and leads them to an inn that he remembers from the last time that he had been in kyrian and the name of it is is it defender of the dragon wall yeah, yeah. The actual sign of the inn has an uh, an armored man like stepping on an aiel. Yeah, on its on his or her neck. Yowza! So, Rand, we're Rand. I know, too. right? It's like this is the inn you pick, and you look completely aiel, right? Like, oh no! That is the first Where- thing the innkeeper notices. Right. It's it's an interesting contrast to when he shows up in Camelin mm-hmm. and he's got the red wrapped around his sword. Yeah. So showing he's a good queen's man. So yeah. he like gets into Camelin, finds the queen's blessing in, and it all just works out perfectly. Ooh, good point. <laughs> this is like a big flip from that. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but you are totally right. He could not have picked. I mean, maybe, maybe oh. not. I don't think he's... It doesn't... Doesn't the innkeeper like look at him like yes? <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my lord." <laughs> For a moment, I thought you were, and we're all like, "We know, we know, we get an IEL." Yes, Rand looks like an IEL, <laughs> and I mean, he definitely stands out in Kyrian because everyone is like short and pale skin, dark hair, and he's very tall and mm-hmm. has red hair like an IEL. The only thing that makes him not look like an IEL is his clothing and his sword. Sword, but. And on top of it, he's traveling with Shinarans and an Ogier. Right. Like, what a posse. What is happening? <laughs> they be- Let's be honest. They belong in the four gate. Like, they are a yes! sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see uh, Loyal and Hearn, like, doing some sort of, like, dancing act while Rand plays the flute or <laughs> they something? Can make, they can make Hearn <laughs> pretend to, like, have Loyal on a puppet <laughs> string. <laughs> Yes, please. They do belong in the foregate. This does not feel like Rand, and he knows it. The innkeeper is like, uh. I keep wondering how he has money for all of this. Did someone just pass him a pouch of money along with his clothes and stuff to, like, help him? I just... I bet Moraine saw to it. Dropped some money in his saddlebags. Yeah, she's Mama Warbucks over here. Exactly. Like, everywhere she goes, it just, she just makes it rain. You have a satchel of coins. You have a satchel yeah. of coins. Yeah. She's like that aunt that likes to, like, tuck money into your bag before you leave from a visit. Yeah. Like, you didn't notice, and then you find it later, and it's like, yay! <laughs> Maybe that's how that happened. So Rand, her, and Loyal request rooms, which also turns into a bit of a scandalized moment because... Rand wants them all to stay together and... Slumber party. (laughs) (laughs) And the innkeeper, again, scandalized. (laughs) So, of course, they have to have separate rooms. And once everyone is, like, kind of settled in, Rand's like, you know what? I just... I'm going to go for a walk in the four gate. Like, does anybody want to come with me? It just looks like so much more fun out there. And both her and Loyal are pretty content just to stay where they are. Rand 
takes off, and as he's getting ready to leave from the inn, the innkeeper hands him two little envelopes for invitations. This is so, oh gosh, it, it just makes me think of like 18th century Victorian period where everyone sent everyone these little notes and little envelopes because that's how you communicated. And I just, I, I want to set like that. Someone send Tracy little envelopes, please. <laughs> With little tiny cards and maybe my own wax and seal. I want that. I do. But Rand is like, I don't understand what's happening. And Huron had come down. He was going to get a like mug of ale or whatever. And he's like, well, these are invitations from nobles in Kyrian. And Rand was like, well, that's dumb. So he... This throws it to the fire he, into the flames yes and it makes me think of like a little kid like i'm not playing guys you can't make me it just throws it in the fire doesn't even think about the consequences and hern's like <gasps> i had a, like i had an internal moment of like cringing what? even though this is on the reread i know what happens but just reading it again i was like oh no rand what are you doing right? don't do this Please. In some it's, it's not gonna go well. It's not. Mm -mm. No, it's very impulsive young man behavior. And I appreciate that because that is who he is. And at the same time, I'm like, Rand, no. There are better ways of doing this, but whatever. So he, everyone, of course, has seen this display and pretends like they have not, because that is how Kyrianans do it. Like I <laughs> It's so I I I can't even speak <laughs> the words. I love how just how funny the whole game of houses is because everyone knows everyone's playing it. Everyone, and I can see completely through it. Like yeah. they're translucent. Like I <laughs> I know exactly what's going on, but Rand doesn't. No, he's still he's just still he's still baby Rand. He's. Not got it all figured out yet. So Rand heads off to the foregate, and he's wandering around. I love his observation of the theaters and how he's never seen anything like it before. Like, if they do this in the show, I really want it to look like London pre-fire of the 1600s. Almost an Elizabethan style of, what is it? Dobbin Waddle, is that what it's called? That's very like the era I see it in the book. Exactly. With the TV show, just from the dress that we've seen from the Kyrianan. Yes. I don't see it as much, but outside in the foregate is what I'm really like hoping for. Yeah. I had talked to you on the phone the other day, and I was saying I really love the imagery of Rand, Loyal, Huron. They're walking together and I want to hear the conversations that they're having, but have it like drowned out by people selling things and, you know, like over here, like we're selling spoons yeah. and wooden carved trinkets. Yeah. And, you know, people standing out in front of the inns, like we have the greatest glee man and Camelin yes. come into this, yeah. you know, and I, I think it's just so vibrant and lovely and I just those are the kind of scenes and TV shows that yes. like get me yeah. when it's bustling. It and really made me think of Tarvalin 
in like yes down to the there camel. being a barber because he yeah. mentioned seeing like a barber on the street taking care of someone and of course I'd never really thought about that before but of course it makes sense and I don't know I think if they do the foregate it's gonna be a beautiful mashup if they do it right and they've done some of the things for sets and costumes and everything so well so I'm really hopeful I feel like they'll be in Kyrian for a while I it's either that or we're in tier yeah. most of the time mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know. I don't oh, and know. probably Falme. There are so many places to go. I don't, I don't the... know what they're doing or where they're going. Me neither. It's so fun to speculate, though, and to hope yeah. for things. So Some people are thinking, like, Tier and Falme will be a mashup. I don't Ooh, think so. I hope not. That would throw things off. Like, they're on opposite ends of the It'll continent. It's very hard, yeah, to pull... The Stone of Tear into this. Yeah. With the Shan Chen. Yeah. I mean, they would have had to have gotten all the way from the west side of the Westlands to the far east side of the Westlands to be Unless able to get to in and out of the <laughs> Unless they're in and out of the ways so often that it's like... I don't know. Oh, hey, Mashadar. Good to see you again. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Nynaeve, do your thing that you do. We're fine. We're fine. Everyone's getting along. It's totally fine. <laughs> Speaking of Aes Sedai, though, because I'm pretty sure this is... Yeah, so in the foregate, there's a guy who's offering people... A, a glimpse of an Aes Sedai for like two coppers or whatever. And yeah. I was like, is, are Aes Sedai so rare that people would actually think that one would be a performer in the foregate? Like, how does this scam works? I think it's just like they know it's not real, but they're just there to be entertained. Like, she's a magician. Like, I made some balls disappear. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that part caught me. I was like, hmm. But the best part about this, of course, is the wrap up on this chapter where Rand hears a voice and it pulls him like a rope. And he just passes money along to the guy at the door. And, of course, on the dais performing is Tom. Are we excited? Tom Gerald Marilyn. Yeah. I was really excited. I'm so glad he's back. And, like, so in this scene, if you will, Tom sees Rand seeing him and makes, like, a gesture and is like, meet me over there. And so they meet for a moment. And in that tiny period, Tom's like, is Maureen with you? And Rand's like, no. And he's like, well, then she must have been after Matt or Pam. One of the other two. Yeah, so you're out of it. But then he's also like, kind of a pity. She's a fine woman, dot, dot, dot. So he seems a bit disappointed that Maureen's not there. And that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Tom has a type. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unique and badass. Yeah. <laughs> he likes a strong woman. He really does. What can he say? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's one of those guys that comes in and is like, you are brilliant. Let me help you be brilliant. Right? What a guy. Tom, yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of an Andy Warhol. Like, he just needs a muse. Yeah. You know? Like. <laughs> yeah. He's had, he's had several 
at this point. Yeah. And I love that about him. So And they are all very high on the social ladder. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. Queens, nobility. Tom can't talk for long. So he tells Rand to come back and meet him later at a place called The Bunch of Grapes, where he has a room. And he's like, bring my harp and flute, and I'll see you there later. And Rand runs off like little- like i see him skipping yes off, like, like the the, the heel clicking jumping off the ground yeah. and like <laughs> singing in the rain style yes. <laughs> he like starts dancing with people randomly yes swing your partner do see do i found tom, tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note we are <laughs> moving to chapter 26 discord <laughs> it's fair to say rand is ecstatic he is just rushing back to the defender of the dragon wall to share the wonderful news that tom is alive loyal rand didn't really give him much of a choice he's like no you're coming with me and loyal's yeah. like i don't want to go Loyal's worried about running into another Ogier. He shouldn't be outside of a steading. So they reach Tom's Inn, the bunch of grapes, and they head upstairs, and the door is answered by a woman, Dina, and she is juggling six balls. <laughs> <laughs> I just, these chapters are great. They she lets are. them in and tells them to wait because Tom will arrive later. Yeah. and. She, you know, she's got her balls, she's doing her juggling, and it's one big circle, and then it's two big circles, and they're like, okay, we've got Tom's harp and his flute, and they're talking to Dina, and she wants to become the first woman gleeman, and I'm shocked that this isn't a thing in the Wheel of Time, Same. because as much power as women are afforded, they can't be a glee man, glee woman. Maybe it's more choice societal restrictions as well but like tom even says what a hard life it is to be a gleeman yeah like on the road yeah and yeah and you don't know for sure where your next meal is going to come from or if the guy's going to pay you when he says he's going to pay you like it's just not it's just not a life that's but they can become a bard so yes there's that and that's what so. he wants for her yes so it seems to be that Tom is making a life with Dina. He enters the room. They kiss. Rand is, like, trying not to gawk. <laughs> she leaves. And Tom's like, she will be a great bard one day. So Rand gives him back his stuff, and he proposes this question. And Tom is on the edge of his seat. I think he's almost salivating yeah. at this point. Yeah. And Rand is like, what if you could play a role in the legend of the Horn of Valir? Because we have it. Right. And Tom almost falls out of his chair laughing. <laughs> he like falls. And <laughs> Rand is like, but wait, there's more. Right. <laughs> Moraine said, this is the real Horn of Valir. Yeah. And Tom stops. Yeah. And he's like, well, if Moraine said so, then, and you know, he's kind of like, I, I see him like stroking his mustache, right, thinking, like, taking it all in. Mm. 
<laughs> and Tom's sitting there and he's running through all of this math in his head very quickly and what this means. Yeah. So Horn of Valir has been found. Yeah. That means Tarman Gaiden, the last battle, is coming. Yeah. He thinks this means grain shortages in Kyrian. Yeah. He then jumps to possible peasant revolution. <laughs> then he jumps to Galdrian being overthrown. Yep. Then after that, the great houses using Tarman Gaiden as a stepping stone to achieve power. Yeah. And all of this comes within like a couple sentences. Mm -hmm. And it's just very cool getting that peek into Tom's mind. Tom kind of like puts his hands up and he's saying, you know, you know, I'm not going to be entangled in another one of these deadly plots and adventures. I have to decline. Yeah. So Rand clears the room so he and Tom can talk alone. Yeah. He needs to know about the Curathion cycle. Yeah which is the prophecies of the dragon. Yep. And he's trying not to say it. Like, yes. poor guy. And that's he's why he like, says Curetheon cycle. Mm -hmm. he, he does not want to say the word dragon. Mm -hmm. So we learn how proficient Tom is in the old tongue mm -hmm. due to him knowing the high chant. Mm -hmm. He's talking about herons and dragons and bloodstains on the rocks of shale ghoul mm -hmm. and the stone of tear will never fall until the dragon reborn wields kalendor mm -hmm. as this is going on rand is kind of like he feels the heron in the palm of his hand and tom is like touching the cuffs of his collar with the dragons on it mm -hmm. There's this short moment of, I think they both know, mm -hmm. but they don't want to say anything out loud. Yep. And I think Tom is doing this to kind of help Rand in his own way mm -hmm. and not like throw any more pressure onto him. Yeah. He has this deep connection with Rand because of his nephew, Owen. And we learn more about the story of Owen and Rand learns that no male channeler can stave off the taint or the corruption on Sidene. And Owen, after he was gentled, dies. This is something that's a very constant threat of Rand's future. It's so There's no avoiding it. It's so emotional. Like this, when he has that moment of self-talk where he's like, you fool, of course, there's no way around this and i feel as though this self-talk kind of starts here and it's something that carries through for him it hurts my heart what he's carrying what he's putting himself through and i think he's probably doing the best he can but it doesn't stop me from like feeling for him and feeling for tom and what happened to his nephew so like just that weight that comes along mm -hmm. with this for him and the knowledge of it. It's really kind of un unfathomable what he's facing. So, yeah. The most interesting part of this chapter, in my opinion, mm. is after Rand leaves Tom <laughs> and refuses his final offer to travel with him. Yeah. The Horn of Valir is a temptation that Tom just can't shake. Mm. And as he's sitting there alone in his room, the innkeeper Zara comes in and she says, you know, Tom, 
you shouldn't get mixed up in the game of houses with these outland lords. Nope. And Tom's like, he's not an outland lord. He's just a shepherd. Yep. And she's like, whatever you say, Tom, you know. <laughs> she says, yeah, and I'm the queen of Giladon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> and the innkeeper Zara is letting us know some things. This situation Ooh, yeah. in Kyrian is heating up. Mm-hmm. She tells Tom that the way things are going right now with the Game of Houses makes what he's used to in Andor look like child's yes. play. Yes. And he shouldn't be performing for any of the lords or ladies mm-hmm. because of how dangerous things are yeah. right now. The Kyrian and lords are dangerous and he shouldn't perform for them. And that's where the chapter ends. Well, I just, she's aware of how much of a temptation it is for him. You know, like she's coming to him as like a long time friend. friend and is like, yes. I see you. I see what's happening. This is not good. She can literally see the wheels turning in his head exactly. as he's sitting there alone in his room. Yep. Who knows how long she was standing out in front of the door, but... Watching him can you think Im- through everything. Well, can you imagine if word got out that Tom's meeting an outland lord, someone heard something about the Horn of Alir somewhere, like, doesn't look good. Yeah. That's on the wind as it is. Like, the Horn of Valir right. is, like, everywhere right now. Everyone's yes. talking about it. So, shadows in the night. Rand and Loyal leave from the Bunch of Grapes. Rand is distracted, thinking that he really wished that Tom would have joined them, but it is what it is. And the sun is in his eyes. And there is a small procession of men with one of the large Trolloc puppets that they've seen in the foregate already. And he kind of just dismisses it until they get closer. And Loyal's <laughs> like, so hokey. Rand. <laughs> the mental image that comes along with this fight, it's somewhere between badass and ridiculous. This would work, I feel like, in an animated series yes. really well. Yes. But with actors and stuntmen in Trolloc costumes. Right. It feels just... like it would just be a nightmare. It's not it necessary. So funny. They could they could push Rand out of the city in an entirely different way, but I do love how it's done in the book that they're using this disguise. And it works. Like, it works for the first one. And then Rand and Loyal are onto it. Loyal gets into the scuffle with the with one of the Trollocs that had taken Rand and attacked him. The, the, not, the not puppet. The not puppet <laughs> Trolloc. And he kills, he kills the Trolloc. And it, of course, upsets poor gentle Loyal because he's never killed anyone, anything before in his life. So... He has a bit of a moment, and Bran's like, we don't have time. We need to go. So they realize every time they try to get to the city, to Huron, to the inn, to the horn, they are, like, blocked and just pushed to the east. Loyal tells Rand, we really only have one option at this point, and the option is the Illuminator's chapter house, which has a wall around it that is twice as tall as the Ogier. So would that be like 20 feet tall, 
roughly? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Let's go with that. I'm just wondering because we were talking about walls last week and now it's stuck in my head. Walls <laughs> and how tall they are compared to people. I may never stop thinking about it. But as they start coming around a corner, <laughs> Celine walks out of nowhere and is like, you fools. What's going on? And he You've done it again, Rand. Yeah, like what? What did you get yourself into why? this time? Why is this happening? And so Rand's like, "You need to get out of here." And she's like, "No." And Loyal is told by Rand to take the lead. They're going to try to find a door into the chapter house. Loyal's trying to be like, "That may not be our best idea." And Rand's like, "Doesn't matter. We're going forward." So. Somehow, the door that they are able to find has no bar on it, and the bar, once they get inside, is nowhere to be seen. So they were able to get in, but then that also means that the Trollocs will easily be able to get in as well. So now they need to find their way out of here. And an Illuminator's chapter house is filled with fireworks. And I have to say, this is another really hokey moment. Because we have Rand freaking out, terrified that they're going to get noticed, terrified that the Trollocs are going to be there. Loyal is not made for sneaking around. He's a bull in a china shop. He just bumps into one thing, recoils, bumps bumps into into another another thing. Yeah, he's like a, he's a pinball machine, just like trying his (laughs) best to be quiet. And it's poor Loyal. And Celine is just like walking through it like, she owns it. Like, she doesn't even care. And Rand's like, your dress is white. Everyone can see you. Like, even with your cl- this cloak I gave you. Ah! And she's amused by all of this as well. Yeah. Like, she's taking it so calmly. Instead, like, she's not, she's not really upset. But there are a bunch of kerfuffles that happen here. There's... A firework that goes off by accident, which then, of course, alerts the Illuminators who come out and Rand, Selene, and Loyal somehow are not seen. So Rand pushes them off to go to find a door, and then he sets off a firework at the Trollocs. So this time, the firework was strategic, but still ridiculously disastrous. So now the Illuminator chapter house is on fire. And there are Trollocs, and there are mad Illuminators, and Rand's running through all of it, and he gets to the door, and he almost trips over his own cloak because Celine is just gone. And Loyal's like, there's nothing we can do for her. She ran back in. I tried to stop her. If we go back in, we will definitely be caught, and then we can't help her at all. We need to go. So they leave. They're able to get back to their inn, and as Rand is walking in, he's handed another little... Oh, a little tiny envelope. envelope. Oh, tiny envelope. <laughs> so cute. And it has a like a, a seal on it that is crescent, moon, and stars. And of course, it's a note from Celine. I don't know when she had time to do this, but whatever. The innkeeper says that like about 15 minutes ago, an old woman came in and brought this note to him. And it's her basically just being like, don't forget about me. You're always surprising you. you. Together forever. You're always mine. Yeah. And I mean, seriously, the moments in this chapter when Rand's like talking about her perfume and the feel of her body. And I'm like, the Dark One should have been able to defeat you through your hormones alone. Yeah. Dang. 
So yeah, so we're back at the inn. Celine's disappeared again, but we know that there are Trollocs now hunting for Rand. Fane knows where Rand is, which means he knows where the horn is, which means that they are in danger. And yes. that's where that ends. My favorite moment of this chapter is Eludra yelling at <laughs> Tammuz because she thinks that he left mm-hmm. something unlocked, done, and she thinks it's his fault that fireworks started blowing up. Mm-hmm. Just so great. I hope we get an Eludra. We, we deserve that, right? I think so. I mean... Yes, absolutely. 100%. Please do not cut her. Like, if this were the only scene she was in, okay. But I would I would still be fine. I would be fine with that. That's Just true. Just give her give her one line yelling at a man, <laughs> calling his mother a goat, telling him he's a pig. He's a pig. Pigs do not speak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, from here on out, you'll be delivering manure. <laughs> this is your life to lose. Pig shit. I will see to it. <laughs> I love yes, it. This is a threat. Yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking about the Illuminators is they're kind of a, I don't really want to say nation unto themselves, but almost in a way they are like loyal. A guild. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the word I was looking for. Like loyals, like they'll kill you if they find you inside their chapter house. And I'm like, well, how do you have the authority to do that? Like, but they aren't Kyrianan. And Mm-mm. even when they're in Tanchico, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily as beholden to the law as other guilds might be. Well, they can get away with it because they're making bombs. So what? Yeah. And what are you gonna do exactly. to the Illuminators? Yeah. So I, I love this I love this guild. I love how it's set up. I love the secrecy around it. And I I love Aludra and just her anger and the way that she talks yeah. and her hair and outfits short short braids yeah okay chapter 28 a new thread in the pattern we are moving all the way back to Perrin's point of view and he's traveling with uno and ingtar and masima oh. masima <laughs> and matt and Varen. And they are reaching Kinslayer's dagger. As they approach the rocks, Uno's like, uh, wait a minute. Wait. There's someone hiding in the rocks. It's an Aiel. He wants to be seen. Yep. Otherwise, I never would have seen him. I love that. Leave it to the guy who only has vision and one eye to spot the Aiel. <laughs> Uno, you are a king. I love you. So, Masima has like, I can see like blood vessels like bursting in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Aiel. <laughs> so, he, he's on his horse and he just like full charges and with some of his men. Yeah, he's not alone. Like, some of the other guys yeah. join him. Yeah. And Ingtar stops him and he's like, I will have the ears of any man who does not stop now. <laughs> they all stop. <laughs> And the Aiel is, like, completely unfazed. Yep. He's just kind of, like, standing there, like... Yeah, bl- he, like, brushes away some of the dust, like, just airs it away, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pshaisha. No yeah. Quick description of the Aiel. He has these, like, loose cloth clothes 
that are colored of the rocks and all like natural tones and fibers and it's keeping him camouflaged and he's got short cropped red hair with a tail in the back Mm -hmm. he's equipped with a bow and many arrows he has three short spears with long tips and a buckler Mm -hmm. which is like a little tiny hand shield Mm -hmm. thingy (laughs) so not to be confused with a tit shield Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say, like, any opportunity to bring in that possibility, I'm down for it. (laughs) So his name is Yurian, and he asked, do you wish to dance? And I love this because, you know, in Aiel slang, that's like, hey, um, dancing means I'm about to murder all of you. Like, the dance of death. So Perrin is just like, jaw dropped staring at this Aiel man and he's like holy shit that looks just like Rand and Matt is like even so even if Rand is Aiel it doesn't change anything so I'm like oh good for you Matt like such a great little buddy I love him so Urian has this exchange with Varen. It's very interesting. He calls her wise one because the age doesn't touch her face, mm-hmm. much like the Aiel wise ones who enter Royidion. And this excites Varen <laughs> so much. Yeah. Why? We don't know. Oh, but it's Varen. She's brown eyes. I mean, well, I mean, like, we don't know exactly what it is about this sentence she wants. Oh. You know, like, what what is it? Is it Ruidion? Is it information on wise ones? What what is she piecing out? What does she want here? Yeah. Speaking on behalf of the Brown Aja, I've decided I'm I'm an honorary member. She wants all of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how okay. I feel. Like especially when she gets down from her horse and like goes straight up to him and it's just like well, not she gets, she's like she gets toe to toe with him and First, they talk more about, like, prophecy. Yeah. So, Urien is saying that there are Trollocs outside of the Blight now, which means the Aiel are going to be leaving the Threefold Land. And this is, like, big-time Aiel exposition. The Aiel remain in the Waste, which they call the Threefold Land, to make up for the sins of their past, Mm -hmm. which we don't know Mm -hmm. what these sins are. Only the clan chiefs or the wise ones know of these sins, and they aren't repeated Mm -hmm. to anyone outside of that circle. Mm -hmm. So Varen, like, plops on over, like, not a care in the world, to this fearsome man, (laughs) and she's like, so, tell me more about this Ruidion. And she wants to know, like, all the, all the things. Yeah. And Urian is like, look, like, I can't tell you because I don't know. It's not my place. Yeah. All I can tell you is that many enter Ruidion. It's in the land of the Genaiel. Few people return, but they return marked as wise ones or clan chiefs. And he's like, please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Karen is like watching this all go down and he was like even though this man is begging her like it's not begging but he's like even though he doesn't want her to kill him he's like holy crap this guy has no fear of death mm-hmm. he's just like outright stating it yeah. like he's ready so this is 
Yeah. So Varen says, look, I'm not going to harm you unless you try and harm me first. And then <laughs> Yurian is like, what? Why would you say such a thing? I would never, never. And he's letting us know, like, Aiel would never harm a woman unless she is a maiden of the sphere. Even if that woman attacked him, yep. he would take injury to avoid killing yep. her. Yep. So, like, very honor-based, mm-hmm. very honor-driven. Yeah. That's their way they do things. Yurian says he's searching for a man. He who comes with the dawn. He will be marked and will come from the west, but of Aiel blood, and lead them out of the threefold land. He will conquer under the sign of the Aes Sedai. And he, like, draws the symbol mm-hmm. in the sand. And Varen, like, takes her foot and, like, stamps <laughs> it all out. And... <laughs> Pay no attention to this. You didn't see anything. Right. <laughs> Look over here. Yeah, yeah. And she, she's like, I've heard no signs to guide this man to the Aiel. We're out. Yeah. So they part ways and they want to make haste towards Kyrian. Yeah. And Varen is like pushing them hard. Yeah. She's, it's almost like she knows something, but she's not saying it. Mm-hmm. And she questions the wheels weavings and why they're so unclear. Mm-hmm. And if the dark one is already touching the pattern. Yeah. And Matt and Perrin are like, do you think that this man, the Aiel is searching for is Rand? Mm-hmm. And they just kind of like hold up their hands like, I don't know. And that's that. I do think though, that one of the quotes here from this chapter where Varen is facing down Urien. He says, will you slay me now? One of the old prophecies says that if we ever face Aes Sedai again, they will slay us. I know your power is greater than that of the wise ones. The Isle laughed suddenly, mirthlessly. There was a wild light in his eyes. <laughs> Bring your lightnings, Aes Sedai. I will dance with them. <sighs> yes! So good. Robert Jordan. So good. It really is just so good. Good chapters this week. Yeah, was there anything that you wanted to say before we jump into spoilers? I, you know, I don't think so. I mean... Okay. Hello, friends. It's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world, and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower Dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. Kyrian. The Kyrian chapter is mostly like, it's setting us up for things to expect, but it doesn't have like a lot of stuff to like really 
dig into for that reason. Like, that's how I felt. I feel like the majority of these chapters this week were that way. Yeah. But there's plenty of other things we can talk about. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the the foregate, and I know I know we keep talking about it, but it just sounds like so much fun. And it makes yeah. it, like, realizing how large it is. Like, that was something I hadn't fully put together until last week's episode. How thousands, it has to be thousands of people living around Kyrian. And when the Shido come through, they burn it. The foregate is... It's a tinderbox, too. Oh, my like, God, Everything's yes. made out of wood. Yep. Everything looks like it's it could fall apart yep. very easily anyway. Yeah. So I have to, like, pour a glass out for the foregate. <laughs> we, we will miss you. But it just... It is one of those things that happens historically where places like this build up and it is a place that is deadly when and if under attack as we see with the foregate later on with the IEL. I just wanted to be like, well, shit, that's going to happen later. <laughs> and then the only other thing that I had was on page 360 when we have that Moraine isn't here and tom is kind of sad mm -hmm. about it like yeah is this is this one of our clues this is the first one okay this is the first the first clue that there is a potential blossoming relationship budding between the two i hate talking about it like that a lot <laughs> um i mean again a lot of people hate, 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 hate Tom and Maureen together. Yeah. I understand why yeah. it wouldn't be someone's favorite. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I love Maureen and Swan together. If they could be together forever, I would be so happy about that. Wouldn't but that nice? um, yeah, Tom is, I want to say a player, but not like someone who cheats on women. I'm talking about like a player in the great game. Yeah. Like he's a kingmaker. Yeah. Everything that he's capable of doing would give Moraine the life like she could want. Mm -hmm. So if she wants to be an Aes Sedai for the rest of her life and just do some eyes and ears network, yep. tracking down clues, doing things like that, Tom is the best person yes. to have at her side. Yep. And he's willing to make a bottle of bi a bot. <laughs> he's willing to make a pile of bodies anywhere he goes to see to it that she is safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, of course, thinking of, like, the last battle when he just keeps, Exquisite. like, repeatedly <laughs> Throw killing. Throw another on the pile. Oh, another black sister. All right. Whoops. See ya. <laughs> Exquisite. That's what I'll say about this battle. This pile of bodies i know it's so funny but no you're absolutely right and he is like more gays wouldn't have been the had her time with tom like it just would not have happened she would have been killed yeah she would have been murdered yeah and andor so would have like, had a king instead of a queen and who knows what that would have done to andor as a nation you know if that would have happened elaine would have never became queen yep she wouldn't have been there to help lead the armies at the last battle. Yeah. There are so many things that had to happen in certain ways. And, like, Tom is definitely, like, he's 
to me, one of those pivotal characters. You have to have him. So he makes so much happen. Yeah. It's almost shocking that he's not a part of the prophecy. Right. Like, is there <laughs> is there any mention of Tom in the Caratheon cycle? Because there, there should, should be. be. Yeah. And I, I think we kind of talked about Moraine having that Merlin vibe, but I almost feel like Tom does too. Wise has ideas of political intrigue and how to maneuver through those. Knows the old tongue. Yeah. Anytime Moraine's feeling like she needs a bedtime story, Tom's there. Ta-da. <laughs> he just backflips in. <laughs> Someone need a story? She does have a very empty room in the tower. He would have plenty <laughs> of <does>. space. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All the backflips. Oh. Okay, that's a really good point, Tracy. Like, this is just like Maureen saying, like, my boots are my home. Mm-hmm. Like, being on my horse, that's my home. And the TV series, she is on the run. Like, she is on the go. And this is what Tom is saying about Dina. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that life for her. Yeah. And this is another woman who is actively seeking out that life mm-hmm. that Tom's, like, saying, like, a woman perhaps shouldn't want this. Yeah. and. Dina wants it. Mm-hmm. Moraine wants it. Yeah. Power couple. That's how power. That's couple. how I feel about them, really. So, do you think if Tom and Moraine don't happen in the TV show, do you think that there's any chance of a happy ending with her and Swan, or do you think like Swan gets murdered quickly instead of stilled? You know, like what's your, what are our possibilities here? I'm thinking about. Swan and Gareth Brian, of course, because they become a thing and Moraine and Tom become a thing. They both end up with an unexpected partner. But in some ways, I feel as though that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't still have the relationship that they have with each other in some form. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's possible, I don't know. But I think that's more because by the time we get to the end of the series, so much has changed. And mm-hmm. Swat and Moraine have not seen each other like since the beginning of the books. And Swan thinks Moraine is dead. So it makes sense for her to kind of like mourn that loss and mm-hmm. allow herself to be open to a new lover, if you will, a new confidant, mm-hmm. a new partner, a new schemer, like Gareth Bryan. But in the TV show, they kind of know where each other are, is off to. Mm-hmm. Like they know each other's plans to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, Swan exiled Maureen. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, I don't know. Maybe this is what swan's downfall in the tv show will become Mm. moraine coming to her for help and swan getting caught and then a deposition because it would make i don't know like i feel like it would make more sense if moraine she goes past van dean and adelius get dragon reborn prophecies dark prophecies viewers can learn about 
the prophecies Mm -hmm. because that's been bypassed the complete first season no talk of it really yeah and when it is it's like two lines you know it's not all of the depth of information that we get right she could go back to swan for answers perhaps like with her being shielded but if that's the case it leaves rand off to do his other thing and Moraine not chasing after him. So maybe he does show up in Kyrian. I can see him showing up in Kyrian. If they're in the blight, that's if he's gonna head south, right? That's gonna lead into Kyrian. And then we could have instead of him being with Loyal and Company, he would run into Celine, aka Lanfear. She says she's from Kyrian. That's why he goes there. Yeah, because where they are in Shinar, if he were to go directly south and west, he'd go to Tarvalin. Pretty sure he doesn't want to go there. So Kyrian, I mean, that or he like spreads out through the borderlands, but I mean, that doesn't work. There's nothing for him to do there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe he (laughs) wants to go home. So maybe he's, like, looking to get to a big city. I think, too, the way that he closed things off with tell everyone I'm dead, Mm -hmm. this opens him up to the possibility of Lanfear being a confidant, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then somehow getting roped into some scheme to go into Kyrian. Maybe he wants to protect her. Who knows? It's Rand. And then him meeting up with Loyal, Uno, whoever, Perrin, Matt, there, mm-hmm. and Varen, and then we get the Barthanis mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> and tiny little envelopes. And tiny envelopes! I love them! <laughs> Anything that's, like, miniature. I love mini stuff. Everyone send Tracy tiny things. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, 26, Discord. This was heartbreaking for me, learning that Dina has this bright future and then knowing, like, what happens to her. Right! I was perusing the internet the other day, mm-hmm. and someone was talking about how this wasn't aimed at me or anyone in general, but they were just saying like, yeah, like the fridging thing happened on the TV show with Perrin's wife. And then they were pointing to, and it happened to Dina too Mm -hmm. in the books. And it just made me, it made me sad. It's so, it happens so often Mm -hmm. in literature. I had never thought about it as being a thing until you had brought it up when we watched that first episode where Perrin's wife dies. And I was like, I didn't even realize that was a thing. But now I feel like I see it and it just like... Everywhere. Yeah. It's it's like a throwaway character. And yeah. it's really... Stop John wicking people's wives. <laughs> Writers. <laughs> Please. We get like this... Her juggling, her passionately kissing Tom, her grumbling about how the guy who made her daggers better have the balance right. Like, I'm excited for her. She's such a vibrant, lovely character. Right? Only to be killed. Like, Like two chapters after she's introduced, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that not a lot of people are aware of because this was something that was coined from comic books. Mm, okay. And I feel like in action movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like, you know, like Deadpool or John Wick or something, it's like, you know, man loses wife, man gets revenge, action. Yeah. And so on. I mean, Tom's revenge on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom is Tom goes John Wick. Yeah. You just say <laughs> Tom Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool that he's that man. You know, I guess. Maybe it's an expression of how much he loved her. That's how we're supposed to see it. It's also, I think, our first, like, personal account, like, viewing Tom being deadly and not a glee man. Yeah. Like, we learn about his time with more gays. We learn about him in the Game of Houses. But we don't really know what he's capable of (laughs) until this happens. Now, it's completely possible that we could have gotten to the same conclusion another way. It's just this is an easier way to do it if you're a writer. Yeah. Blah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to try. We love love Robert Jordan. Like, we're not, we're not like taking a piss, like, Saying like, oh, it's fucking awful. I hate it. And it's the same way with the TV show, too. We are opening a dialogue about something that happens in literature all the time. This is no, like, dig on anyone. No. I mean, if if we did that, you would know and we wouldn't apologize for it. We would stand our ground on it. (laughs) Yeah. I hate you. Yeah, but for the most part, you know... I like being open to discourse that le- you know. Oh, and this is our uh, and this is our chapter discord, Tracy. <laughs> I love that's it. Fantastic. I love it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that to to Dina, man. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. And just really unfortunate that she like and I mean seriously, ugh. I mean, we'll get to it next week, right? Where She's killed, I, I believe so. so. Yeah, because we'll be getting... We've got the Sean Chen coming up, more <sighs> white cloaks. We've got all kinds of action. There's so much happening. I'm really excited. Yes. I have, yes. you know, I liked the show. I did. You know, I've I've actually gone back and watched it a few times just because I wanted to, which for me is... There were, there were great moments. Yeah. There were really great moments. Yeah, but getting to the Sean Chen and the white cloaks... God, I can't wait to see them together because yeah. I hate them both. And it's, yeah. gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be a hate fest. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. See, that is a hate fest we will stand behind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we like at the same time ooh and ah over how cool the costumes are and how well they've done with certain mm. things, like Yeah. Not out here to hate anything. I'm just here to appreciate. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So, 
Tom mentions when he has this sit down with Rand that he visited Basil Gill and and Camelin. Yeah, yeah. And Basil Gill kind of gave him the deets on Rand. And so Tom had an idea like, okay, he's still alive. Cool. Good for you. It got me thinking. Yeah, it got me thinking like, is Basil Gill Tom's like inside man inside of Camelin? Because I really think he is. I think he is. We talked about this before and you absolutely convinced me that he he's Tom's dude. He has a secret exit in his stable. Yes. It's Tom's exit. It's just for him. I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah. Tom was like, hey, I got money. And I'm going to give you money because I like you and I trust you and weird things. Build a door. Did you just build me a secret door? When yeah. I get a contractor for my house. <laughs> Tracy, will you build me a secret door? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'll build you a secret door and Simon can come play with my saloon doors. <laughs> just walking in and out. <laughs> that was actually really funny yesterday. <laughs> Secret doors, saloon doors, doors that lead into illuminators, chapter houses, all kinds of doors. Um, Moving on from Camelin and Basil Gill, we don't really know yet the connection between the Dragon Reborn and the Horn of Valier. Yeah, yeah. or if there is one. I think it's possible that maybe Robert Jordan just didn't have it all figured out. And I it's, think this you're is right. only the second book. Yeah. So it was kind of just like he was just going as he wrote. Yeah. And like it was only supposed to be like three books, I think. So he might not have thought like he needed to look back and hammer away any of these details. Yeah. Fair. So fair. Fair. Like I feel I feel as though the series just ran away with him and he was like, I'm just gonna keep going. He's a gardener. He his he just he's a nim. His garden just started growing out of control. That. I and love that. Yeah. It's beautiful it though. Is. I mean, I'm so much happier that there are <laughs> as many books as there are I'm instead kidding, of three. Right. Can you imagine if it ended after the Dragon Reborn? I'd be like so sad. what? Yeah. No. I wouldn't even pick it the up. Shadow Rising is awesome. I'd be like, no, three books just isn't enough for me. I would be okay with prequels and more sequels. Like I just feel it takes like a certain type of nerd <laughs> to like know how long the series is and be like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> we are those nerds. Yes. Join us. Yeah. And uh also nerds for expanse. I am almost four hundred pages into Caliban's War at the moment. Oh, really? Okay, I'm going to have to catch up with you this weekend. Maybe, I don't know, like, we we want to try a live stream at some point. So if anyone wants to, like, talk Expanse with us or something, we can talk about the Wheel of Time, talk about the Expanse, Just talk about talk. anything. Yeah. 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 I'm, so, I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah, maybe we can do, like, a brunch <gasps> style stream. Should I make... Because it'll be kind of early. Should I make Dutch babies? <laughs> Dutch babies, mimosas, bloody marys. Mm. I want it all. Mm. I love this idea. That sounds delicious. Oh, before I forget, I wanted to tell you I pre-ordered Memories Legion. I saw that. So now I've got Yeah, okay, listeners, hello, <laughs> friends. 
I think Tracy and I, at some point, I think maybe you'll fly through these books pretty fast. So when pre-order is out, is finished, and we get these Expanse novellas. Like all in one book? In March, all together. Maybe we can see if anybody like <gasps> wants to join our Discord and just like read the novellas Ooh, with us. That would be super fun. I would love that. Book club. Yeah. Book, book club. club. Book club. <laughs> okay. So sorry. I'll I'll get back to wheel of no, time. No, we we've talked about our lives are just going to be books and talking about books. It's just yeah. what we're going to do now. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I okay question yes do we know if Tom's flute that he gives back to Rand Mm. survives the last battle Ooh, Mm. you know what I'm gonna say yes I feel like that's how Rand is gonna yeah pay for a supper yeah right yeah I I think he's gonna like go on his merry little way have his flute from Tom the flute of Valia Yeah, I I think I think it'll survive, and if it doesn't, I think he would just like somehow like find one. He would rand a new flute. Yeah, like someone would be like, "Young man, you remind me of my son." Here, have a flute, have a flute. and a handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> Remember in that those chapters in Eye of yes. the World, he keeps getting handkerchiefs yeah, from yeah. people because it's like dusty and weird outside. <laughs> so funny. You remind me of my redheaded son. <laughs> Stepson. Yeah. Randy. <laughs> His handkerchief would fit you. Have a flute. <laughs> it's not a one size fits all handkerchief. It's a special one. <laughs> you, have, you have the same large head. <laughs> um, I have a question in yes. chapter 26. Tom says, like, Tom reacts to hearing Hearn's name. And he's like, Hearn, how do you? And then he's like, no, never mind. Does Tom know Hearn? Is there like a crossover there? Is it just like one of those weird throwaways? Huh. Yeah. I will have to just, reread that. It just dinged in my head when I saw it. I was like, wait, what? What? Do you have your book with I you? I do, yeah. I think I even... Was he possibly going to... Was it possibly that he's commenting to something that Rand had said right before he says Hearn? Nope, that's... Okay, so... Rand had said, Loyal and Hurin know more than I do, but we're all three floundering in deep water. Hurin, dot, 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 question mark. No, don't tell me how. I do not want to know. The Gleeman pushed back his chair and went to stare out of the window. Hmm. Right? So does Tom somehow know Hurin? I mean, Hurin's been in Kyrian recently, it seems like. And Tom's been. Never. Yeah. Like... I'm sure there aren't very many people with that talent around, so yeah, maybe there's some fame to the name. Yeah, I was just like, huh. I wonder. I wonder what's happening there. Yeah. If anyone knows, tell yeah, us. Yeah, I would. If you have theories. I'd be curious. And then I just wanted to clarify something because I know we've done our Horn of Valir episode. I'm pretty sure where we landed was. The horn, if used by dark friends, will still call the heroes of the horn. Like, they ha- they choose who they fight for. Like, even though they're tied to the horn, they are not tied to the person who blew the horn's will. 
Correct. Okay. Like they still have they still have a little bit of free will in this situation. At least that's how it's described at the end of the book. Yeah. Like Arthur Hawkwing is like, you have the horn, you have the banner. Right. Looking around, making sure everything's okay. Yeah. Like, you're not a dark friend. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know? Like I again, I think that because this was book two, perhaps Robert Jordan hadn't like nailed down all the intricacies yet that's what i'm kind of thinking there are definitely inconsistencies but i think they're Mm -hmm. really only noticeable if you're like really kind of digging Digging. for it or on the lookout for it i mean it's possible he never even was gonna have the horn come back up like exactly sean chen falma Mm -hmm. like the end yeah but bye (laughs) I mean, they left and didn't come back for over a thousand years before. It could happen again, you know? Yeah. So they didn't necessarily have to be coming back. Like, the Shanshan didn't have to be coming back. The horn maybe didn't have to be used again. But Mm -hmm. thankfully, we get 12 more books after this one. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even tell you the name of all the books in order. Right. I have to look at a list. Yeah. The fact that Robert Jordan has the bandwidth, the intelligence, the background knowledge to, like, put all of this stuff together, like, I don't even care when there's an inconsistency. It just, like, clicks with me that it's something, it may have been something, it could have been something, and it's just an acknowledgement of him being a really good writer and that he can spin out stories like this for us, so. Yeah, indeed. So you have something here on chapter 27, Shadows in the Night. Yeah. We talked about the Illuminators. Yeah. Why does Rand apologize to Celine? Yeah, okay. Rand, stop that. She walked into the situation willingly. You know what I mean? And he's like, I'm sorry I got you into this. And I'm just like, stop. This is her choice. And that's some, that is a lesson that Rand really struggles with. And I get it because it's something that I occasionally struggle with. He's learning about consent. Yeah. He's learning. And he's learning that he can't manage other people. One of the things that happens at the last battle is Egwene telling Rand that he needs to let other people have the opportunity to make their sacrifices to be heroes as well and that it's he's like and then he's like okay you can break the seals yeah yeah knock yourself out <laughs> oh shit <laughs> did a queen just become a crystal i didn't mean for that to happen <laughs> Anyway, oh, it's it it is poor Gwen. Well, and Damn it. poor Rand to like have to keep going through this like mental cycle over and over again. It's exhausting. Like it exhausts me reading yeah. how depressed he is. I get where he's coming from and like what he's trying to do and at the same time just like I get really weary around it. Uh <laughs> I just I just want to ask does Celine have an Age of Legends eye enhancement that we are unaware of? <laughs> yeah, I think it's called the true power. Because, <laughs> like, they're in... Also, what is that Age of Legends perfume that she's wearing? Because Rand is like, oh, spicy, sweet. Right? Come to me. I love that smell. <laughs> I'm like, I need 
to know what is what's this? in there i don't know when we start our perfume company like we'll make like a lamp here yeah crescent moon and stars perfume we'll just, line no we'll call it celine Ooh. because lanfear yeah so this is for celine only it's part of her disguise <laughs> no one will ever know who you are <laughs> <laughs> disguise yourself as someone who smells great <laughs> to lose you goat <laughs> oh but wait you smell awesome never mind we're fine <laughs> But speaking of Toulouse or Tammuz, and I just have to say, welcome to Aludra. I didn't, yes. yeah, I didn't feel like I could fully express my excitement of her as a character coming into the series because I don't want to give it away that she is just so good. She's so crucial, and I mean, really, honest to whatever deity, I just think. Out of all of the characters, she may have the most impact on the future of the West. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. her development... As far as technology goes. Yeah, yes. she's just changed the playing field for every nation, every... For better or worse. Yeah, every monarch, every noble, every land-hungry, whatever. They have access to this now because of her. So she's just this character that I love because it's not... It's not magic, it's science, you know? Mm -hmm. And to have her... It's not magic, like, it's a Ludra. It's a Ludra. That's, that's the next perfume. That's the next perfume. <laughs> it smells like... Spicy gunpowder. I was going to say gunpowder, Tracy. Fourth of July, picnics, gunpowder, a Ludra. <laughs> We're so good at this. Yes. Just like the question, and I, I, it's purely hypothetical. We don't really have to get into it, but more curiosity is everything that's happening that feels like luck. Is it luck slash Taviran or is Celine Lanfear Ch channeling? Yeah, is she protecting them in some way? Like when he's like, "Let's stand really still." I really thought that she was cloaking them. Yeah, is what I thought. Yeah. I went back and re like skimmed that whole chapter to see if there was any moment of him saying like a prickling of his skin. Yeah. Because that's so yes. often is like when women channel. But then I realized if she's using the true power and not the one power, is there any way for him to notice that? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. When she makes it so that her ability to channel is undetectable does that also stop him from feeling it do you know what i mean no <laughs> <laughs> well one of the things that the four that i believe it's mcgideon teaches elaine and nynaeve is how to hide the fact that they can channel and okay so if celine slash lanfear i'm sure knows how to do this so i, I know exactly what you're saying yeah then. so yeah. is there a possibility that she's just yes like hiding it yes yeah okay for one she wouldn't want any other possible forsaken out there yeah. to feel someone channeling yep. in kyrian when the dragon reborn is being hunted by pot on bane who is now his own entity and not really an agent 
of the dark one. He feel he feels very free agent at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he's got his own Trollocs. Yeah, the he's got yeah he's, he's got, got his, his own, own posse. Crew of dark friends. He took took the Merdral out, nailed him to a couple of doors. Yep. Like he's in control now. Yeah, and yeah. So Scary. it's interesting how Lanfear is kind of becoming. She's not a protector in this moment, but it's just kind of funny when like two different bad guys are going after the same mark. <laughs> and it reminds me of like spy versus spy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with her, it's like her allegiances, allegiances are muddied. You know, I think Lanfear is loyal to Lanfear. And everyone else yeah, is absolutely. just like a stepping stone. But she really does have this serious obsession with Luz Theron and now Rand, even though she knows nothing about him. And he's like a 19, 20 year old boy. I don't know. I just, maybe she, like I keep leaning forward in, in mystification. I just yes. maybe she's like, get him young and he'll be malleable. I just don't know. Like it feels I don't it know. It feels really awkward and predatory. There I said it. And it's also too maybe it's just again like going back to the 90s thing. Oh my god, like, you're so right. Sexy, sexy sex woman <laughs> meets a young strapping lad. What could be a more like 90s teenage movie? fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, back then, what was it? That teacher that had an affair with her student, yeah. and it was, like, big, big scandal. Yeah. But, like, some people were like, oh, yeah, good for him. Right? Like, no. No. No, no not good that's for not, him. That's not how it should be. It's, but. it's in that Yellow Jackets show, too. Like, it touches on that. That show yeah. hits me in such a weird way because it's 1996 and that's when I graduated from high school. And I'm like, yeah. just, we'll have to talk about it some other time because I am hooked, hooked. hooked. So good. It's, good. it's really good. It's really good. It's, another, it's really good. And we could pick up and talk about that show at some point too. I don't care. It's so Listeners, fun. if you're watching Yellow Jackets, join know. our Discord so I don't have to talk to myself <laughs> about it. I will talk with you about it. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> okay, just start using Discord more, okay, please. I will. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I promise. I just want to go back to Varen's curiosity with Urien. That's, that's the thing that I have marked that I want to talk about. Okay. I sometimes feel bad about, like, my first gut reaction to Varen. Yeah. But when I reread this again, <laughs> she just... I, I know why she gave me the creeps. Yeah. Like, there's something so unsettling about her. <laughs> I mean, of course, when it turns out she's, like, everyone's favorite dark friend fairy godmother... <laughs> I feel bad about it, but I have such a visceral reaction to the way that she acts that I'm just like, no. yeah, no. I, y y you're scary. You're a scary woman. <laughs> and I, I actually am like, I, I love 
I love how she just fearlessly walks up to that Aiel and is like, tell me. I have so many questions, just tell me. And like a whole pack of Shyanarans were like put on edge because of this one Aiel guy. They know there's more, you know? Like if you see one, mm -hmm. there are more. And Varen's just like toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, staring up at him. I think it's for me, it's the level of like the idea of not being able to trust someone. Yeah. Like that's a big deal for me, like with characters. Yeah. I think it's why I love Nynaeve so much because it's like Rand, she will do anything for him. Like they are together fighting for the same thing, basically. Yeah. With Varen, even after she tells the whole story and we get to know like what her deal is, you still don't know like what these terrible things that she's done are yeah. because she says like i've done things that you know would like curdle your blood or something yeah. like yeah atrocities yeah. and i want to know what she did yeah i want to know me too amazon prime <laughs> give us a varen backstory i would love that i, really I guarantee would. you people heads would explode you would break the internet <laughs> i can see it happening I just love how differently you and I see Varen. I love it. I really, really, really do. Because I'm like... She gives me the creeps. And for me, I'm like, yes, I get it. I would do the exact same thing. You know? Like, my curiosity drives me so often where I just... And I think that there might be something wrong with me. Because I just like... That's it. That's... I'm ending it. There. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.